Tom Brady, he'd go into a football game knowing that he's going to get hit. I know that after this contest, I'm not going to feel great. It's going to take about four days to feel really normal. And uh, the first 12 hours after the contest, I'm going to feel like garbage. I go in knowing that, and I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go through that because uh, it's an amazing contest. It's 4th of July, and uh, I'm going to do what it takes to get number 16. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Joey Jaws, Joey Chestnut right there talking about what it takes to go into this competition and win in number 16. He did that 62 hot dogs he ate on the 4th of July. We're going to get into some conversation in just a second about the hot dog eating contest and Joey Chestnut and all that good stuff. I did want to throw the question out there. We've been asking you, Raider Nation, who are three guys on defense you're looking at to have a bigger season and help this defense improve in 2023? Jim and Yonkers said the guys from the 2022 class, so I'm looking at Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell Jr. I mentioned Devon Diablo, Trayvon Merrick, and Nate Hobbs. Jason NV hit us up on Twitter and said, Q, you just nailed it. Great job. So clearly he's looking at Diablo. He's looking at Merrick. He's looking at Hobbs as well. And I'm sure he's got an eye on Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell Jr. at the same time. Also, Vegas Pete hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r q happy to hear you on national radio. Don't let those ESPN fools talk nonsense about our Raiders. Also, once people see O'Connell and how good he is as a backup to Jimmy G, people will relax about our quarterback position. You pretty much hit the nail on the head on defense, guys improving. Merrick especially, especially Diablo is a stud. So there you go, Vegas Pete chiming in as well. And you can do the same thing. Again, 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the WBroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Now, want to transition to this conversation that myself and Evan Mack had last night, as a matter of fact, on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN Radio. And uh, it was funny, we were talking about the hot dog eating competition. And I came in hot because I was excited that the competition happened. I didn't think it was going to happen. Evan Mack is not a fan of the competition, just kind of shrugged it off and just thought it was a no-brainer. But what it was, it wasn't even really about the, you know, the way that uh, Joey Chestnut has dominated and won 16 uh, titles now. I mean, he's, just, he's that guy, right? He's him. And uh, it wasn't about that, but it was more of the style and the way that the hot dog eating competition goes down. And Evan Mack really feels like that the fact that there is water used in this competition, that they're able to dip the buns and even the dogs into water, it cheapens the competition. I don't care. I think if you can get 62 dogs and buns in your belly, you've done the damn thing, right? I just think that's gross to me just thinking about it, but that's what they do. But hear what Evan had to say. Hear what I had to say and what Evan had to say, and then we'll ask the question. Do you not watch the hot dog eating contest? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Why? What's no, wrong me, with it? Let me tell you what's wrong with it. He ain't even eating no hot dog. He's putting them in water. There was enough That's water. The buns. There was enough water on the table for Michael Phelps to pull up and do a straight up backstroke and breaststroke and freestyle. That's how much water these people use in order to digest these buns. So you come holler at Evan Mack when you guys are actually eating a hot dog inserted in a bun and then you're eating it. Until y'all do that, this this is foolishness. This is poppycock. This is ballyhoo. That's a lot. They're, they're, using, dogs, they're using it. To, they're using it. The water to help themselves out. If you <laughs> you can use whatever you want to help yourself out. If you get sixty-two dogs down your throat, no. you've done something. Absolutely and that's what he did. not. 
Evan Mack right there and myself last night on Freddie and Fitzsimmons. And believe me, that was not the reaction I thought I was going to get from him when I started talking about Joey Chestnut winning his 16th title when it comes to the hot dog eating competition. But he was very adamant, and there was unbelievable. There was a lot of people that rode with him all night. We had a ton of calls. We were tallying up who won the competition. I ultimately won. But, man, it was way tighter than I thought it was supposed to be. I thought I was going to blow him out of the water. I thought there was no chance that people were going to call in and be on his side. And more people than not were actually on his side. I thought, look, I was channeling my inner LeBron with the heat. I said, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. You know what I mean? I thought everybody that called in was all going to be on my side and that Evan was just going to get embarrassed. And believe me, I was down like five or six to nothing at one point. And finally I came roaring back. Uh, had a bunch of great callers that had my back. But I was surprised that so many people felt, Ari, that having water – Dipping the bun and the dogs into water cheapens the competition. Well, they're all such hot dog eating uh, aficionado purists. I guess. I, all of a sudden, you're an expert. I mean, I'm no expert, but come on. That just seems like kind of a. I mean, I, I'm thinking like you're actually missing the point of the dude getting 62 hot dogs in his belly. Yeah, that part too. Right. <laughs> Like, that's the whole point. I don't care if you use water. I don't care if you use Gatorade. Hell, I don't care if you use Vaseline, right? Oh. I don't care what it takes to get them damn things down your throat. If you do that 62 times, that's on you. And that's still a hell of a job. Yeah, and also, I mean, I don't know. That's it's just, yeah, that's the athleticism to me when you call it a sport. Right. That's part of it. You're using all anything you can to be resilient. It's not cheating. It's part of the rules. And, I mean, I guess... Right. I it's not like you, it's not like he's dipping it in water and nobody sees it. It's not like it's something that he's doing behind closed doors. Like he's not, you know, in the bathroom pumping his, you know, putting <laughs> a steroid shot in his backside. You right? know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a little. I don't know. It's it's the rules, so I don't, you know. And I, I guess you could be like, oh, I'm gonna do it this year with no water. Everyone watch me, and then there's you get no like way you go dry. Exactly, you get last place, and then this whole conversation would just be done. So it just it just blew my mind. I never even thought that that was a factor, right? I never even thought that anyone ever cared about if they dipped it in water. I just thought that, one, it's disgusting, and two, I enjoy it watching is. it because it is disgusting. You know, <laughs> but they're able to do it. I give them credit. Now, I'll say I'm that guy, and I had a lot of conversation. We had this last night as well about, you know, where he ranks as far as all-time uh, athlete and everything, and, mm. and there was conversation. People said, oh, um, Lakers, Celtics, what have you done? You haven't won 16 titles. Or and I was like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is Now, now, now you're going too far, yep. right? I mean – Look, what he did was fantastic. I'll give him credit for that. Uh, he, he's he's obviously dominated in what he does really well. But there's no way in hell I'm putting him up there with the greatest athletes of all time. I'm not putting him up there against the greatest teams of all time. He dominates in his lane, and I can respect that because it's something I could not do. Like, I couldn't eat six hot dogs, let alone 62 hot dogs. Hell, I probably couldn't eat two hot dogs without feeling some kind of way. It's just not my bag. So, I ask you this, Raider Nation. Not only am I asking who are three guys on defense you're looking at to have a bigger season and help this defense improve in 2023, I also want to know, do you think that those eaters having water and, and being able to dip that bun and dip the hot dog into water cheapens the competition? I'm really interested to know because I do not believe so. Like, I'm on the firm – I'm a firm believer in it does not matter. You get that thing down any way you can. But Evan Mack all night long was very adamant that it cheapens the competition. And like I said, more people than I ever could imagine called in, chimed in, tweeted in, and were on his side and rode with them. Now, like I said, I ultimately won, but barely. 
like I said, if you ask this question in, I don't know, like March or some other random month, I don't feel like people would even acknowledge it. I think it's like in the moment, they just want to be kind of, but we'll see. I have a, I have a backup too, was question or a part B was I saw a list, a couple lists, and one of them was like top 10 athletes. He's on there. It's like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, no, see, I'm not Tom doing Brady. I'm not doing that. And him. Yeah. I'm not, I doing, mean, that. that's, I'm not doing that. I agree. Not, that's crazy to me. I'm not doing that. That's it, again. I don't want to disrespect him, and if he was on the show right now, I, and I know you reached out to him, I would I would say the same thing. I think he's dominant, and he's the best in his field and in his lane. But his lane ain't comparable to their lane. I couldn't agree <laughs> you more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just not. And, and, again, that's not me being disrisrespectful. I get it. Uh, it. It's a sport. I'll give him that. But it ain't, it ain't a sport on the same level. That's something that he's trained his body to be able to do. Uh, and all those eaters have, and even the guy that was the worst, whoever the worst one was in that competition is still better than me. All right? There's no doubt that whatever the worst guy, wherever place he came in, I would have been a lot less. Right? I would I would have definitely lost, and I'm okay with that. But I, I just I don't I don't think it's a big deal. I really don't that they dip it in water. It just to me, it's just who cares. We're gonna have to get some rules guy on here just to just to. But it's it's. Yeah. I mean, the water is there provided for a reason. Absolutely. So it's not like like I said, it'd be one thing if he was sneaking it in and he was doing something that everyone couldn't do the same thing. They all do the same thing. So what does it matter? Exactly. You There's know, no asterisks. <laughs> That's him. He no, earned it. He got to <laughs> no a point. Fat. Dog, there was a point where he was talking about, you know, putting all the condiments on the hot dog, this, that, and the other, toasting the bun, and I was like, wait, now you're sitting down having a lunch meal. You're not sitting down having a competition, a food-eating competition. This is actually a meal, right? That's different. You could do it. I mean, however you want to doll your hot dog up. Again, I don't even eat the things. I think they're gross. I also found last night, and this might surprise you too, I also found out that there's a group of people that don't know what a hot link are. Uh, That is just sausage, right? Or am I one of those people? Well, I mean (laughs) – do you have you ever had a hot link? First off, no, I don't like hot dogs. I oh, that's sausage. Right. So I mean, I'm kind of like the bad example, but but yeah, I thought hot links are just kind of like a sausage link or something. I mean, it's just I? a hot link. I mean, it's a, you know, it's it's not a hot dog, but we had a, a producer on the show, Rachel, last night, and she she said I said that I like hot links. And, you know, if I go to a, a barbecue or something like that because I don't eat hot dogs, I think they're for kids. She said, well, what what would you have? And I said, well, I'll take a hot link. Right, I just I'm just not gonna eat a hot dog. And she was like, I've never even heard of a hot link. And I was like, Wait, hold on. And she says she's from the south. And I said, Wait, you've never gone into a barbecue spot and said, and, and saw hot links on the on the menu? And she's like, No. But then she also lived in Connecticut, so there's that. She also doesn't know what an almond roca is, I imagine. Um, I didn't ask. I didn't <laughs> ask her about that. I did I'm ask. Confident I, that she does not. Me and me and Vegas Jess went to Smith's yesterday while we were over at uh, my buddy Mickey's house, uh, our buddy Mickey's house actually, and uh, we went and bought two. Ten cans of uh, of almond rocas because we just wanted to make sure everyone at the at the party had an opportunity to try them. And more people than not, believe it or not, more people than not had no idea what an almond roca was. Like I said, <laughs> I'm learning stuff new and new every day. Me like I too. feel like, like I feel like the whole luck. world is pranking me. Right? I feel like Evan Mack is pranking me with the whole water and the 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 the. the the buns and dogs. I feel like everyone's pranking me that says they don't know what an almond roca is. I feel like Rachel's pranking me when she says she doesn't know what a hot link is. Like, what world are we living in? I thought all this stuff was common, common knowledge. And believe me, it's not because I'm the most adventurous eater or something. It's just, I mean, I, I thought that anyone alive had heard all of that stuff. I mean, the hot links, I'll take the L on that, and so good Rachel because that's normal. I know that that's like a normal household thing. Everybody knows what that is. But I'm telling you, man, almond rocas, all my life, never heard of, not even – 
Not even something I'd, hey, I've heard of them. I don't know what they are, but I've heard of it. Never heard of it. Well, life. I got to go over to my buddy Mickey's. I, I got to go and grab a couple almond rokas, and I got to bring them to the station for you tomorrow because, one, they are magical. Once you try them, you're going to not want to have any other candy because they're fantastic. Don't leave them in the break room. And you know what's – no, I won't. <laughs> you know what's even funnier about – hell, I can't even leave stuff in my damn nope. desk. Ooh. Oh, I heard. Yeah. yeah. I leave, I leave snacks in my desk. I come back from vacation. They're on my damn desk, and, the, and they're gone. You got to be like me. Get yourself a key and lock that thing. <laughs> well, you know. It's embarrassing, but I do That's it. a whole other side conversation. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but Boundaries. Uh, apparently, that's, what, uh, that's the world I'm living in as well. But, uh, no, it's funny. When we were in the store buying these almond rokas yesterday, we were looking for them, and we walked right past them on the shelves, right? And there was a lady that we walked by. We were like, hey, excuse me. You know, we walked by her. She was looking for something intensely. Believe it or not, Ari, all three of us ended up back at Almond Rocas. Like, she was looking for Almond Rocas, and we were looking for Almond Rocas. And so all of a sudden, the reason that Vegas just saw that they had the Almond Rocas is because she had a can in her hand. She was like, yeah, I've been looking for these. And so we're like, oh, funny. We are too. So there you go. She was listening. That's why. She was listening the other day and was like, wow, I got to check these out. I've well, never so, heard of them. No, she said, I, and I haven't, I haven't had one of these, but I've seen them. She, she was said she was actually looking for the almond rokas that are really cashew rokas. And I've heard of them, but I've never had one of those. Good. Yeah, so there's, there's another element to the game. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there and, uh, of course, get your feedback. Uh, I don't believe that it's a, it's a big deal that they dip hot dogs and the buns into the water. I really don't. You know, that, however you can get those things down, you get them down. If you can find a way to eat 62 of them nasty things, then you've done a way to eat 62 of those nasty things. And that wasn't even his career best, right? He's, his career best is 73, and he's, uh, you know, he says he can get more than that. He says he's going to break the record before he retires. He's 39 years old already. So at some point, I would think he retires, but we will see. So 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text sign at 69187, keyword r Not only am I looking for three guys on defense that you're looking at to have a bigger season and help the Raiders' defense improve in 2023, I also want to get your thoughts on the hot dog eating competition. Does the water matter when they dip it into the water? Does it even matter, or is it just the fact that they ate 62-plus hot dogs and got the job done? Let us know about it. 314 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Raiders with first and goal on the Dolphins one. Zamir White, the setback handoff, trying the middle. Zamir White pushing, pushing in. TDLV, an opening drive touchdown for the Raiders on a one-yard punch for Zamir White. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. That's Zamir White right there with his little touchdown. Nice little touchdown run there. I'm expecting to see a lot more of Zamir White in his second year in the NFL. Didn't get a whole lot of burn. About, what, 12 carries, a handful of carries he got in, in 2022 due to the fact that Josh Jacobs just would not come off the field in leading, in, on his way to leading the league in rushing. 393 total t- uh, c- uh, touches, uh, both rushing and receiving in 2022. I expect, regardless what happens with Josh Jacobs in his contract situation, I do believe – Josh Jacobs is going to sign his deal one way or the other. If it's going to be a long-term deal, fine. If it's going to be the franchise tag, fine. I do believe that'll get done, and he'll be in the running, in, in, the, in the backfield for the Raiders in 2023. But I do expect to see Zamir White, a, more, a, a, healthier, you know, a healthier dose of Zamir White than we saw in 2022. 
Marcus hit us up on Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter. Twitter Q. Jaws record is 76. And in my best rock voice, it does not matter how you get them dogs down. Anything over three dogs is impressive. That's Marcus talking about the hot dog eating competition. So, yeah, there you go. Joey Chestnut's uh, record is 76. My bad. That's a, a whole lot of hot dogs. If it's 73, 75, 76, 82, whatever the case may be, that's a whole lot of dogs. And I'm with you, Marcus. Anything over three is impressive because that, to me, is – I don't even I don't even want to start to think how these guys start training themselves to put themselves in position to even be able to put any kind of competition like that. Like I joked about wanting to eat all the shrimp I can eat when I went to Sizzler back in the day, and I did that honestly, but it wasn't because it was a competition except for with myself. I just wanted to eat as many as possible because I love shrimp, and I didn't want to have anything else in my stomach but the shrimp. But for this kind of a setting, man, I, I just I don't even know how they go about it, and I can't imagine what it's like when the cameras are off and they're at home trying to relax. I mean, hell, if I eat dinner too late, I'm, I'm in a bad situation. If I get off the air at like 10 o'clock at night and I do some work and then all of a sudden I go try to eat dinner at like 1130, man, my whole night's bad. <laughs> I, I have a bad night. I might have a bad dream. I might wake up in the middle of the night. My belly's not feeling good. Like, I go through it, man. If I if it's too late for me, I uh, I just got to chalk it up. Or if I eat too much, you know, if I have a big old huge meal at like 8 or 8.30, even that will hang hang with me way too long. Like, there's a sweet spot when it comes to, like, getting the bone-in ribeye. If I'm going to go out and get that bone-in ribeye, there's a sweet spot of, of what time I've got to consume that thing by. If it's too late, it's a wrap, man. I, I, I literally have woke up in the middle of the night with, like, a bad dream, right? And it always goes back to, yep, you ate too late. You just can't eat too late. And I don't really know how those two go together, but it just seems like the days that I have those is the days that, well, I ate later than I'm supposed to eat. So, uh, yeah, Marcus, thank you so much for that tweet. I do appreciate you. Uh, again, throwing the, the question out there about the Raiders on defense and three guys – on defense that you're looking at to have a bigger season and help the defense improve in 2023. I mentioned three guys, all three-year dudes, Divine Diablo, Trayvon Merrick, and Nate Hobbs. All three of those guys, I believe, really need to play at a higher level. I think Divine Diablo was on that way last season, then he got injured and missed the rest of the season, so he wasn't able to complete the mission. But I do believe Divine Diablo was on the right track. Trayvon Merrick, I believe, took a step back in 2022 and he needs to take that step forward he needs to be able to build off what he did his rookie year and I know we've had Vinny Boston you're on the show and of course you can hear him every morning on the morning tailgate he's on vacation right now but he's on with Clay and Lindsey and he's mentioned before how many different defensive coordinators Trayvon Merrick's had in the last four years basically four defensive coordinators and this will be the first year that he's got the same defensive coordinator back-to-back years right and that even goes back to college so I think that he has an opportunity I don't want to use that as, a, as an excuse I know he was also injured uh, in, in 2022 where he had the hip injury. I also don't want to use that as an excuse. I just feel like he took a step in the wrong direction. And I remember talking to him at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center uh, for Raiders Media Day a year ago. I remember sitting right there in the pod studio, and he came upstairs and we talked, and he said he felt more comfortable and kind of knew what to expect because now he's not a rookie anymore. He's a veteran. Uh, and then, again, he proceeded to, to take a step back. So I think that he really has a lot to prove this offseason, I think he has a lot to prove during training camp, which opens up on the 26th, first day of practice. I think he's going to have to play a little bit during the preseason and show that he is that guy that, well, the previous staff drafted in the second round to be that dude at the safety position. So Trayvon Merrick is my second guy, and Nate Hobbs is another guy similar to Trayvon who, because of injury, didn't live up to his expectations in 2022. 
Uh, played really good the first four games as, as an outside corner, looked the part. I remember being in training camp last year and seeing him and Devontae go up against each other, and we always say iron sharpens iron, so I think that that's a good thing. He was holding his own. He did really well. He's got that physicality. He's got that dog in him, we like to say, right? But then he got injured week five against Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium, and well, he missed a lot of time. Then when he came back, he was good, and then he got injured again. So he's got to show a couple things. One, he can stay healthy throughout the course of the season, and he's got to show that he could build off of what he did his rookie year coming out the slot, and then also what he can do from the beginning of the season in 2022 when he played in those first four games, and he was very effective. But I'd like to see a little bit more ball production from him as well. But those three guys, to me, are the ones I'm looking for on defense. Devon Diablo, Trayvon Merrick, and Nate Hobbs. Who are you looking for? Uh, let's see. Uh, Vegas Pete hit us up again on the WBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R, talking about the hot dog eating contest. He said, Q, take a spoonful of baking soda in a glass of water or get you some Alka-Seltzer for that stomach pain. It helps with bloating. So there he goes. He's talking about me uh, eating late. I just think that it's bad, bad business, man, to eat late, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of those things. It's like you got to have that sweet spot. You got to eat and then know that you got to have a little bit of time to work that thing off. Or maybe just eat something a little lighter. But sometimes when I get that, uh, when I get that bone-in ribeye, I'll look at the time and I'm like, oh, man, it's like 8.30 at night. It's like 9 o'clock. This thing is going gonna, gonna to weigh heavy. Or, or get something like macaroni and cheese. You know, it sticks to your, sticks to your ribs and sticks to your everything. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of weighs heavy. I'm getting hungry now thinking about that. <laughs> but it's just the reality of it, man. It's just, it's, it seems like the later it is in the evening, the worse it is when you eat a big meal. So I try not to do that, but I get caught up so much working that sometimes I forget and time goes by and time goes by. And the wife always says, famous last words is, hey, I left your plate in the microwave. I'm like, okay, cool. And it'll be there, and it'll be there, and it'll be there. And then all of a sudden I realize, I'm like, dang, it's 1130. It's still in the microwave. And so everyone in the house is asleep except for me as I'm working, and then I just say, all right, I'm going to go and, uh, yeah, I'm going to reheat my food. It was nicely cooked, right? It came off the, you know, out of the oven or off the stove, all nice, and then I have to reheat it because my dumb self is up doing something like, I don't know, podcast or radio or whatever the case, or both, whatever the case may be. So there you go. So hit, hit us up. 702-365-9200. Having a little bit of fun today. Raider Nation listener line. Also, WBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We got my guy Nick Shook from NFL.com. He's going to join the show next. But the questions I have, who are three guys on defense you're looking at to have a bigger season and help this defense improve in 2023? And then does dipping the buns and dogs in water in the hot dog eating con- competition, does that cheapen the competition? Let me know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio, 920. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And join us now on the phone lines to kick off Cover 3, little NFL news and notes of the day, is our guy Nick Shook from NFL.com at the Nick Shook on Twitter. And Nick, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I definitely appreciate you. Before we get into any NFL conversations and looking at a couple of your pieces, we've been talking about the hot dog eating contest, and I don't know how much you pay attention to it. I'm one of those guys that I watch it, even though I can't stand hot dogs, but I watch it and I love it. But... I've got into a debate about the water in the competition, and basically it was said to me that dipping the buns and the dogs in the water cheapens the competition. Where do you stand in that? Well, I think, look, this is my expert opinion, right? You know, just an absolute expert on on eating contests and the limitations of the human stomach. (laughs) And I think that if you don't dip the bun in the water, you're filling up way too much space in that quick amount of time because you got 10 minutes to work. That stomach acid's powerful, but I don't know if it's powerful enough to break down all those buns and keep you near the top. So 
you got to wet it. You know, you got to make it soggy, less space in the stomach. Does it cheapen it? Sure. But are we talking, you know, is this the steroid scandal in baseball? No, this is just a creative strategy that pretty much everybody's adopted. We're not corking bats here. Right. You know, we're just using a little belly putter. All right. You know, we're anchoring <laughs> it to the abdomen and making sure we're staying steady here. That's all it is. That, that's what I'm saying. Look, the thing about it to me is if you find a way to put 62 hot dogs and buns in your system, that's all that matters. I don't care how you get it down. As long as you get it down, that's all that really matters. <laughs> you put it in your system, you keep it down, and then you sign yourself up for the ramifications that are coming the next day, which we all know cannot be pleasant. Not at all. Not at all. Again, Nick Shook from NFL.com joined us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now let's jump into some NFL conversation. You put out a piece that you told us about last time you were on the show, the all-under-25 team. And, uh, you know, look, Josh Jacobs isn't on the list. Max Crosby's not on the list. Both of those guys are 25, so we understand why they're not. But just going over your article and looking at the players that are on the list it feels like to me not that it should be a shock the nfl is in a really good place with some really young talented dudes it is uh except for one position that was really hard to fill out which was defensive interior on the defensive line uh i went with christian barmore who i loved in his rookie year i thought he was pretty solid last year too he's an underrated player and it's not a glamorous position but the only other guy I could find that really stacked up was Jordan Davis, who got hurt in his rookie year. Right. And but uh, you know I kind of wrote about it there where it was like, look, he was so important, even though they went rotational in Philly, uh, that they ended up signing two veterans to fill the void when he got hurt, and that helped them get to the Super Bowl. I think he's got a really bright future, and it is a bit of a projection exercise as well. You know, it's what have you done so far, and that's why Kyle Pitts doesn't land on this list because. Atlanta went away from throwing the ball last year, and right. you just didn't like to see much of what he was capable of doing. I went with Pat Fryermuth over uh, over Kyle Pitts just because of production. So, uh, but you're right. There's a lot of young talent. You know, I still I found a way to make it work by putting Micah Parsons at linebacker, even though he's a glorified edge rusher at this point. Uh, it, there's some surprises that I think people will you know raise their eyebrows at. But the funny thing is, is I'm glad you pointed this out off the top is most people who get upset about it don't actually Wikipedia these guys and see that they're 25 or older and not under 25. So uh, it, it, you're right. A lot of young talent, a lot of repeat performers, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, they're both still young. Jefferson's last year on this list because he's 24 now. Uh, a lot of, a lot of talent. And, and that's how the NFL thrives. You know, it's just like a quarterback, get that quarterback on a rookie deal. You open your title window. We'll find, you know, come to find out, Having those key guys that are young and productive immediately also helps you in other positions. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, I want to go back to Jordan Davis real quick. He was a guy that I wanted to definitely focus in on. As you mentioned, he got injured his rookie year. But how big is he going to have to be for Philly this year now that they've lost Hargraves? Obviously, half of Georgia's defense is there in Philadelphia. How big will he be not only for the development of the rest of the defense, but also just being that big-time player on that defensive line? Well, I think, you know, he's going to step into a, a situation where there's going to be a ton of depth because they got Jalen Carter, yep. you know, and now he's going to have to battle for that. He's kind of still the long-term replacement for Fletcher Cox. So you probably see him man that role more than the role that Carter plays. But they love Melton Williams up there, too. I mean, they're too deep in that group. I mean, you can even go all the way down to Marlon Tuipalutu, and, it, and they have a ton of studs. You go on the edge rushing spots as well. They're pretty stacked there. I mean, it, it's it's a solid group that thrives uh, because it's deep and it's deep by design. Philly is not afraid to invest in its front seven and especially its defensive line. They love to rotate guys. They love to stay fresh. It worked out for them last year. I expected to work out for them again, even though they lost a guy like Javon Hargrave, who you know went and signed a huge deal, probably yeah. a deal bigger than I thought he would get at his age. Uh, but I think they'll be just fine. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think so, too. They have a lot of defensive studs. Again, Nick Shook is our guest from NFL.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Talking about the all-under-25 team. And one guy that you have there at the quarterback position, Trevor Lawrence, I'm still shocked that he's only 23, right? It just seems like he should be older, but he's not. He's sitting there at 23 years old. How much better do you think this young man could get now that Doug Peterson is there, you know, and stabilized that team after the whole uh, debacle with Urban Meyer? Well, you know, it's so funny because when I first built the list, I was like, well, this is Jalen Hurts. And then I looked it up and it's like, oh, he turns 25 right before the season starts, which renders him ineligible for the list. And then I went down and I was like, well, Trevor Lawrence is a pretty good number two option considering what he did in his second season. What we saw was what Jacksonville anticipated they would get from him when they selected him number one overall. And if they hadn't paired him up with Urban Meyer, he'd probably be two more steps down the line than he is right now. But I'll tell you what. The steps he took last year were significant ones with Doug Peterson. The stability of the franchise, kind of getting that re-centered, really helped him out. And what I liked the most from him, uh, above all, above the numbers, is the fact that he was really good in key moments. Now, he made some mistakes that are typical of a young guy, but there was three games last year, the most famous one being the comeback win over the Chargers in the playoffs. But anybody who paid attention to the Jaguars in the regular season, especially in the second half of the regular season, shouldn't have been surprised that they were able to mount that significant comeback. And the reason is... They took down the Ravens in thrilling fashion, erasing a multi-score deficit in the fourth quarter to win that game. And then they did the same thing to the Cowboys, doing it in overtime. Rayshon Jenkins getting the pick six to finish that one off. Both of those games, they were in that spot because of the heroics of Trevor Lawrence. This kid is unfazed. He's seasoned. He looks he looks a lot like Joe Burrow did to me in his first couple of years in the NFL, which is that they're just wise beyond their years. They're, the speed of the game is not too much for them. And then their natural talent just takes over. So I think if you continue to surround him with quality players, good offensive line, solid playmakers at the receiver position, I think he's only going to continue to go up from here. He's going to be one of the stars of this league for years to come. How much of an opportunity does Jacksonville have right now with the rest of that division, all rookie quarterbacks, and then you have a big question mark in Tennessee, right? Tannehill, uh, Willis, uh, Will Levis, what the case may be. But it seems like right now Jacksonville has an opportunity to really run in that division. Well, yeah, this is their division to have. This is their division to own. Uh, you know, Indianapolis takes a swing with Anthony Richardson. It's a bit of a risk. We'll see how that pans out. Houston could see Jay Stroud, which I think he's probably the, was the most pro ready him and Bryce Young among that group. Um, but they're still not really quite there yet. Uh, I think that they take a couple steps forward. And Tennessee, I think, is in transition where they're going to move on from Ryan Tannehill, maybe go to Will Levis and, and, and kind of reset their franchise there. So realistically, this should be Jacksonville's division for the next few years. Uh, it's just a matter of keeping the roster strong around guys like Lawrence. You know, I like the Calvin Ridley trade because I think they, mm-hmm. they bought uh, you know, they bought low on a guy who has a lot of upside when he's available to play, which will be this year. Uh, Christian Kirk paid off. You know, it actually worked out, even though they paid him a ton of money. And it was kind of a joke. He ended up being effective for them. A guy that you know pretty well, Zay Jones, former Raider. Uh, he, you know, he has a nice little fit there in Jacksonville as well. So uh, Travis Etienne was a solid running back. Their defense, you know, you I like what they have in the back end more than in the front seven, but they got some playmakers up there. You know, Foya Oluwakon, very solid linebacker. David Lloyd coming into his second season, you had the number one overall pick in Trayvon Walker, who just needs to get healthy and kind of more consistent to be effective. Uh, and then, of course, you have Josh Allen coming off the other edge opposite him. So they're built to be competitive. Now, are they going to win a Super Bowl? I, I, I'm not sure. The AFC right. is loaded, and I'm not quite sure they're that strong. But they're certainly good enough to dominate this division this year and next year. And then maybe things get interesting a couple of years down the line. 
But right now, I mean, they should be capitalized. Yeah, I think they have an opportunity, right? They have an opportunity to just go ahead and kind of put a stranglehold on that division, at least for the next, like I said, first couple seasons. And, uh, you know, again, these, these other teams, they, they have a lot of questions that they still have to answer. Again, we're talking with Nick Shook, NFL.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, I'm a big fan of the secondary, so I see three guys on your list that I'm excited about. Sauce Gardner, Pat Sertan, and then Tariq Woolen as well. Out of all three of those guys, who are you most excited about? Well, so I thought some of – now, if you watched the Jets last year, you knew Sauce was pretty good. But I thought a lot of the Sauce Defensive Rookie of the Year momentum came from the fact that he's got a cool nickname. People have been paying attention <laughs> to him you know, for a while. He's got a wing sauce deal. He's got a lot of swagger to him. And then if you dive into the numbers, the kid was a stud. I mean, elite in his first NFL season. Like, he made the pick that the Jets spent on him. He justified it. He made them look like geniuses spending that pick on him. And uh, I think that he's only going to continue to be that guy because his skills translate. They carry over. I think he's just going to be good in man-to-man situations. He's not, he's not a guy that you worry about leaving on an island. He plays really good coverage. Um, and I think he's just going to be really solid. Sertan, you know, well, I did the top 10 cover guys. Sertan didn't make the list because I was going by a certain amount of metrics. But I also think that Denver's situation last year, first off, he saw a decent amount of targets. But their their team as a whole, they were on defense a lot because their offense was so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's got a very bright future. And then Woolen, you know, you had the interception total with him last year. You know, he tied for the league lead. He's a burner. He's long. He, he really made the Seahawks look really smart uh, with what he did. But if I had to pick between the three, I think Sauce is a guy who's going to be around for a long time. Yeah, I like Sauce a lot. Liked him a lot coming out of Cincinnati. And you're right. Everything went ro- right for him, right? He had the nickname. Of course, he's got the swagger. He's in New York. I mean, he's got the endorsement deals already. But uh, he lived up to it on the field as well. So uh, all three of those guys are really talented dudes. And I want to go back to Denver real quick. Sean Payton takes over. Obviously, we knew what happened last year with Nathaniel Hackett. And that was just a disaster. And, of course, year one with Russell Wilson. I think that Denver is going to be better. I don't think that they're going to be better immediately. And the Raiders, as of late, they've just owned the Denver Broncos. How quickly do you think Sean Payton could get things turned around in Denver? You know, that's a great question because Payton has a reputation for stability, for consistent success in New Orleans. But he also had Drew Brees, you know. Um, I, I, I think he can put his you know, imprint on the franchise and get them in a more competitive state than they were last year when they were a disaster from week one on. So I think that they're, they're going to be better, like you said. Uh, it really comes down to Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson came to Denver last year, got preferential treatment, as we've all found out since then. He was a little bit out of shape. He played heavy. He's in better shape now. The question is, is, was last year an aberration or is it a sign of a gradual decline in his career? Because if he can get back to the Russell Wilson that he was in Seattle, even in the last couple of years in Seattle, uh, they'll be better instantly. Uh, Javante Williams coming back from his injury as well is going to be a big part of that offense. And, and so I think it just it depends on the quarterback. I mean, it's quarterback first league, and I think more with this team than maybe any other team in the NFL, probably in the AFC, it depends on if Russell Wilson can get back to the form that we expect from him or if he's just no longer that guy. Talking right now with Nick Shook, NFL.com on Twitter, at the Nick Shook here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. So Denver is the first team that the Raiders play in 2023. The second team is Buffalo, again, on the road. So two games out of the gates on the road. What do you think about the situation in Buffalo? Josh Allen says it's not a big deal. Uh, it's being really hyped up too much. But I always believe in where there's smoke, there's fire. What do you believe in the situation going on with Stephon Diggs, the Buffalo Bills, and Josh Allen? I think that there's uh, there's a value in, in, in both you know, sides of this coin, right? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Where there's smoke, there's fire usually. But the, but there's also some value in saying, we got it handled. Because you got it handled, but it's really temporary. If you don't produce the results, it's going to be an issue again. So you have to win. You have to win 
you know, more key games than you've won in the last few years. Like frustration. I mean, Stephon Diggs was visibly frustrated when they lost to the Bengals in the playoffs last year, because it was a game they felt they shouldn't have lost. They underperformed. It was just a disappointing, you know, uh, uh, effort from them at home in the snow. So they have to win. If, if they run into the same result again, I think it becomes a problem again. And of course you avoid the, you know, the early season struggles that you hope that, you know, the stability and everything else has kind of already addressed that they'll be able to, you know, win some games throughout the season, not really run into too many issues in what's going to be a pretty tough division. Uh, but I think it all comes down to, Hey, can we get deeper in the playoffs than we did in the past? Because if they fall short again, uh, I can't imagine this isn't an issue again next offseason. You know, we had this conversation last week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We were talking about Denver and Buffalo and how there's, you know, things going on there. Sean Payton's trying to change the culture. He's trying to get the Broncos back, trying to figure out if Russ could be that guy. And then just what we talked about right now with Buffalo, is there a chance that because the Raiders have continuity, they have familiarity with what they have coming back, Josh McDaniels in year two, that there's a chance they could get off to a hot start, you know, with those first two games because there's so much, you know, things trying to, to fix themselves with those first two teams uh i think there's a chance at the any time in the early in the season like we saw last year that the first month of the season was effectively the preseason i right. mean it, you know it took a while for a lot of these teams to figure it out it's just that they have new parts too right and you know i know there's familiarity with jimmy garoppolo and josh McDaniels from their time together in new england but um until you know you're not returning the same core really, right especially a quarterback so i think that you're going to need that time to kind of get your feet under you as well so I mean, there's a chance. Um, I wouldn't feel super encouraged by it. I feel better about, you know, that Denver game than that Buffalo game. Me too. You get out of those two games, one and one, I think you're in a a decent spot. As long as you don't come out of that 0-2, I think you're okay. Uh, As long as you avoid the early pitfalls and you keep Jimmy healthy, then, you know, I still think you're better off with a quarterback that this franchise actually wants than they did last year with Derek Carr. Uh, and the many issues that, that they just had as a team, not really so much Derek, but just as a team. Right. Um, it, it's I, I think they're still in a better spot than they might have been. Yeah, no, I agree. And I agree with the, the Denver situation as well, because, again, the Raiders have played Denver really well as of late. So I feel much better about that game than Buffalo. But, you know, just kind of looking for different storylines as we get closer and closer to the start of training camp. And, Nick, we'll close out with this. Uh, coming up July 17th, that's the deadline date for guys that have the franchise tag to get that multi-year deal done, or they have to play on the one your franchise tag. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, they both hold the franchise tags right now. Neither one of them is signed. What do you think ultimately happens? Do they play on the one-year deal? Do they get a long-term deal? Do you think either one of these guys sits out? What do you think is going to happen with those two dudes? I think Jacobs plays on it because I think that there isn't going to be much room to budge in Vegas. That's just not the, the Patriot way of of you know Ziegler and McDaniels. It's just, it's just kind of not. They don't invest in running backs. They haven't in a long time. Even if it makes a lot of sense, I just don't see that necessarily happening. However, Saquon, I think, could be a hold-in situation where he's at he's at camp, but he's not participating, and he's waiting, and he's waiting, and he's waiting. And we'll see if uh, the Giants actually acquiesce because, you know, I understand from their position where they're like, we don't want to invest in you. You had one great bounce-back season. You know, what if you get hurt again? What if you fall off? Mm-hmm. It's a waste of money for us. It's a bad investment. Uh, personally, I think neither gets the deal done. I just think that uh, Saquon has to learn the hard way by holding in for a long time before he finally realizes, all right, I guess I got to go play on this one-year deal. Whereas Josh, I feel like, I mean, at this basically at this time last year, we were talking about the Raiders auditioning him to move him <laughs> elsewhere, and then right. he went and had a great year. And and there's a lot of value in him, but there's not value in running backs. Right? There, there's just not. Franchise tag is going to pay you more than the average running backs getting right now. So um, it's it's instant reward. It's high risk. 
Um, but I just don't think that there's much else out there because the market is saying, look, we don't value these guys anymore. We're not going to, you're just not going to get that kind of money anymore. It's just, it's, it's a bummer for all running backs. Melvin Gordon has talked about it plenty, how it's just a bummer, yeah. but it is the reality of the situation. Is a Bijan Robinson, a Jameer Gibbs, are those guys maybe a little bit different when it comes to the, the running back position just by what they are able to bring to the table? Like, could they be the, the guys that actually do get the long-term deal does similar to like a Christian McCaffrey? No, and maybe Bijan, maybe. Um, I like to believe that he is a specimen that's built differently that could get that kind of deal. What I really think is the approach with running backs in today's NFL is a lot like when you lease a car and, and mm. you lease it knowing you're going to have it two to three years and you're going to exchange it for a new one. Now, spending a first-round pick on those guys is very pricey. But if you can find a guy that might actually be worth extending or fits you so well that it doesn't matter, then you're still going to make that move. I think Bijan could be worth extending just based on the fact that I think he can do everything and carry the load and, and still have a lot of tread left on the tires. But as we look at the position as a whole, Christian McCaffrey is one of very few that's actually gotten a deal you know, that that is validated. And right. even he dealt with his own injury struggles in the past. So – Hey, and Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb was only on a three-year deal. Teams just don't invest in running backs anymore. So I think they look at it as, hey, look, man, we can go draft another one who's just as good and he's you know, multiple years fresher than the guy we got now uh, in, in a few years. So why not just continue to exchange it out for a new one? It's a bummer, like I said, for the position, but I think that's just kind of the general approach these days. And at least Atlanta doesn't have anything to worry about when it comes to that for a long time, right? They got four years. They got the fifth-year option, so they don't have to worry about no kind of extensions for Bijan anytime soon. But it is interesting and kind of, like you said, a bummer the way that it's gone for the running back position. Well, Nick, fantastic stuff as always. I know you're always working on something. What you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Uh, we got features coming down the road. Uh, it is July. We got Hall of Fame coming up soon. Camp's starting up in a couple of weeks. Tell you what, this is about the last week or two of slow time before we enter the full bore season for the rest of the year. So saddle up. It's going to be a long one. It should be an entertaining one. There's no doubt about it. Well, we always appreciate you, my man. You put out great work. and always appreciate you joining the show when you have the time. Thank you so much, my man. Hey, thanks for having me on, Q. Always love coming on. No doubt about it. Nick Shook right there, NFL.com on Twitter, at the Nick Shook. And, you know, I, uh, I, I've, I always enjoy talking to Nick. He's, he's fantastic. He always, you know, is really good at deep diving into all things NFL. And it's so funny that I literally met him last year. He mentioned uh, the Hall of Fame. Literally met him last year in Canton, Ohio, watching the Hall of Fame game as we were sitting next to each other and saw Josh Jacobs carrying the load out there for the Raiders. And that's what all started, the speculation of uh, what are the Raiders doing with him? Are they going to move on from him? Are they going to trade him? Whatever the case may be, he goes on to have a hell of a season and lead the league in rushing. I thought that was kind of funny that that was the moment that I I actually met Nick, and uh, we've been, uh, you know, talking ever since, and he's a, a frequent guest on the show, and, you know, I'm a guest on some of his podcasts that he has as well. So many thanks to my guy, Nick Shook. You know, we've been doing this uh, Lotus Summer of Fun. Let's go ahead and get someone in to win the end to win. What I mean by that is uh, we already uh, got folks registered to win aviator tickets. They got folks in to win the trip to Maui. That's something that was given away last week. This week, the trip is to NYC, New York City, a Broadway show, $1,000 spending money. But you don't have to take that. It's take the trip or take the cash. If you want to take the cash, $3,000 cold, hard cash. That's another opportunity that you'll have. But you got to take a couple steps. You got to get qualified to get qualified, right? We're going to get you right now. Call number nine at 702-365-9200. We're going to get you qualified to win four tickets to an Aviators game. And then that's going to get you 
a step closer to being in to win a shot at that weekly grand prize, which is this week a trip to New York City. Again, it's something that we're doing uh, company-wide, Lotus Broadcasting. It's called the Lotus Summer of Fun. Uh, it's really cool to be able to have an opportunity to get one of these trips and fantastic trips. As a matter of fact, I've never been to New York, like never, ever in my life. People talk about it all the time. That's a destination that I'd like to go at some point. I don't know when. Uh, i got to pick and choose, I guess, when the weather's right. But <laughs> I don't know when I'd like to go. But you could have that opportunity to go uh, and not – Obviously, right now, I'm right now I'm trying to get you registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game, which will get you one step closer to that trip to NYC, plus that Broadway show and $1,000 spending money, uh, or you could take the cash. You take the trip or you take the cash. We're doing it for like eight or nine weeks, and so that's going to be a lot of fun and give you multiple opportunities to win multiple trips uh, throughout the company, Lotus Broadcasting, the Lotus Summer of Fun. So my man Ari, who's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, he's standing by right now looking for caller number nine at 702-365-9200. And, of course, if you want to chime in on the show at any point, uh, want to get your thoughts in on anything we've been talking about. We've had a lot of different subjects that we talked about so far. You could always chime in on the text line as well, the don'tbebroke.com text line. Shout out to the DLC, the Dollar Loan Center, 69187, keyword R&R. The questions that I threw out there, who are three guys on defense you're looking at to have a bigger season and help this Raiders defense improve in 2023? My three guys that I picked, Divine Diablo, linebacker, then safety Trayvon Merrick, and also quarterback Nate Hobbs. Those are my three. Uh, we've had some others uh, out there that threw some other guys' names out there, but I'd love to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200 when we don't have a guest and the WBroke.com text sign at any point of the show, 69187, keyword R&R. Also talked about the hot dog eating competition, as I think it's unbelievable what these guys are able to do. I just could never imagine eating 62 hot dogs. I think that that's, one, disgusting. Two, it's just, man, it's just bad business. But – my man Evan Mack, who I was doing radio with last night on ESPN Radio on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, he said that it's not really a big deal because they're dipping the hot dog and they're dipping the buns into, into water. So basically it cheapens the competition, and I don't buy that. But maybe you do. There was a lot of people that agreed with him last night, so maybe you're one of those people. I uh, would love to get your thoughts on that as well. Does dipping water, does dipping the buns and the hot dogs into water cheapen the hot dog eating competition. Let me know about that as well. So that's another question that we have thrown out there. And, of course, as I mentioned, we're trying to hook up caller number nine right now, get you in to win the four tickets to the Aviators game, which is going to give you that shot at winning the weekly grand prize trip, which this week it's a four nights in New York City, a Broadway show, $1,000 spending money, or you could choose the $3,000 cash. My man Ari is standing by trying to hook that up right now. He's got that look in his face like he's so excited about the winner. And Ari, I think you got a winner. Who'd you get today? Tell me who you got. Okay, you're still working on it. All right, well, cool. Call number nine. You, that was a good theater of the mind, Ari. Cool, appreciate you. Good deal. 3.54 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off our number three of the show, and we'll talk to Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She's all over everything going on here locally in town. Of course, the Las Vegas Aces. I was in attendance to their game on Saturday at the Michelob Ultra Arena as they put a whooping on the Connecticut Sun. It was pretty amazing that that's the number two team in the league, and they whooped them. Well, they're taking on the, the Dallas Wings tonight. I expect them to win again, but you can't take any game for granted. you got to go out there and stay hungry and stay focused and do the job at hand. Of course, Becky, Becky Hammond, the head coach, is, their, uh, is the current reigning uh, coach of the month for the month of June in the WNBA, and no surprises, the team has gotten off to a 15-1 start. So we'll talk about tonight's game with Paloma. We'll talk about the prank that, uh, that the Aces did on Sidney Colson. And, again, if there's one person on the team that I would expect to probably get pranked 
or probably do the pranking, I should say, it'd be Sydney Colson instead. She got pranked not only by the head coach, not only by her teammates, not only by the general manager, but everybody was in on this with Sydney Colson. So a lot to get to at Paloma as she kicks off hour number three of the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920.